0: to Uganda. Join me in welcoming the Honorable Minister. We also have um, Mr. Kariwoko uh, Tobiko, the Cabinet Secretary of the Minister of Environment and Forest, Kenya. We have um, my also proud minister from Zimbabwe, uh, the Honorable Minister Ngovisita Mangaliso Lovu. Um, from the Ministry of Environment, Climate, Tourism and Hospitality Industry in Zimbabwe. Uh, thank you for joining us, Honorable Minister. And then we also have youth panelists that we have. We have one of our own Earth Day youth uh, from Africa, Brenda Nwale from Malawi, who is joining us. And then we have also Elizabeth Kulukulu Machache, who is also my colleague. We work very, very closely. Uh, with African Youth Initiative on Climate Change. Elizabeth. Okay, that said, um, because of the tight schedule, I know we're all busy. A lot of things are going on right now. I'm not taking anything from this event being important as it is. Allow us to delve into the discussion, the order of today, so that we can have a just and brief conversation that will take our planet to the next level. So without wasting, wasting much of your time, I'm very glad, honorable ministers, that you are here. So as probably requested from the African youth, we would like to have a dialogue with you um, regarding you know, issues that are concerning young people, young people engaging, um, given that our global our continent has the largest you know, demography of young people and we intend to be working hand in hand. We have felt the support, but we want to take it to the next level. So I'll I'll start with you, Honourable Minister Lawrence. Um, I think the first question that I'll pose to you, and I'm sure part of my young people here want to hear, is probably how involved are the youth in national programs, projects, climate change, and are they rights holders or participants? Uh, Are young people really being activated to address externalities of climate change? So this is a mouthful, I know, but then it's something that young people really want to know as we, as we engage in the dialogues and conversations going forward. So maybe if you can have that one. Uh, thank you very much. My
1: name is Kaloren Songa. I'm actually the member, a member of parliament in Uganda, but I chair the climate change committee in parliament of Uganda. And I have come here with my colleagues. They can raise their hands. These are honorable members of parliament from Uganda. As far as climate change is concerned, we know very well that this climate change is affecting everybody. But the degree to which people are suffering vary from one person to another. And women and children and young people are the most vulnerable. As a result of this, in Uganda, we have created the environment of interaction with all stakeholders, government civil society, private sector, academia. And with the civil society there are many youth, uh, young people civil society organizations that we are working with. Recently we completed the climate change law. Now we have a climate change act in Uganda and the youth was seriously involved. So we are really involving this youth. And we are also encouraging the young people to do environmental entrepreneurship especially the green jobs and this will help so that the youth are not observers but they become participants in addressing climate change issues in Uganda and you are aware that uh, we have to conserve the natural resources all our economies the one of Uganda is is a natural resource base and the population is growing as a result of this we need to conserve, we need to u- wisely use these natural resources for our development in a cost-benefit analysis, but also leave more for the bigger population. And this, that population will be under the management of these current young people. So that involvement is very important, but also scaling this youth so that they can have some entrepreneurship, especially in line with the green jobs, will be very, very key. But also in in schools we have in the law integrated uh, climate change education and research right from uh, primary up to universities in the current law so we want to see that the young people are involved because it is very difficult to correct an older person but if we start early these young people will grow the children the young people will grow with this idea of addressing climate change that's what we are doing in uganda and we call upon all stakeholders development partners who are willing to support these young people whether in the environmental entrepreneurship or some initiatives at the local national level or even regional level to come in so that they can guide the the efforts to address
0: climate change in the country thank you thank you so much profound indeed seems like there's a lot happening in Uganda um, I always work with my colleague, Derek, and he's always talking about the amazing work that you're doing. But um, it's good to hear the work that you're doing. I feel bad uh, imposing this question again to our Honorable Minister, given that I work with him nearly almost every day. But of course, it's good to hear what events or to also share with other young people, so that they get inspired and also engaged in the um, ultimate work that we are doing, you know, our young people also young Africans being activated to address climate externality you know externalities of climate change. So maybe you can also talk about the plans that we have in pipeline to upscale such initiatives. Over to uh,
2: thank you. Thank you so much. Um, first for the invitation for Zimbabwe to be part of this very important platform. Um, and thanking you for a very important question. I have tried to look around and I am seeing that it is truly uh, composed mainly of young people. Uh, I've uh, recently just transitioned from uh, the Tech Youth, so we always say that uh, anything intended for young people without young people is not for young people. So I'm happy that young people are here, and actively participating in such important uh, discussions. So um, from Zimbabwe, I want to acknowledge that we have come a long way. And uh, I remember when we were in COP25 in Madrid, meeting young people and discussing a way in which we can mainstream uh, young people in climate change issues. And I must say in the last two years, uh, despite the limitations of COVID, Uh, I have seen uh, a a, a massive increase in the involvement of young people in climate change programmes. We submitted our NDCs with uh, increased ambition and I'm proud to say that young people played a pivotal role in formulating a youth position paper. Which position paper came from massive wide consultations by young people consulting their young counterparts across the country, urban, rural areas. When you talk of externalities of climate change, we are looking at how climate change is affecting the young people. Young people in Zimbabwe, mainly in rural areas, depend on agriculture for livelihoods. We have seen increased uncertainties in rainfall patterns And we are a rain-dependent country in terms of agriculture. So who is then uh, bearing this burden? It is the young person. It is very important, therefore, that in policy formulation, young people take center stage. And we have, as the ministry, been working closely with young people facilitating capacitation, facilitating skills development, facilitating dialogue among young people so that they they are heavily involved. I must also highlight that the position paper that young people came up with quite clearly speaks to the ambitions of young people, what government ought to play and what they ought to play, because they are not there just to beg. They are there. They want to participate. They want to be recognized. And we have been working closely with them uh, in in that regard. And going forward again, issues of uh, making sure that they access finance uh to implement their projects it's part of what we will be working on and i'm i'm happy that as i see these young people they are the ones that are leading in the dialogue that includes young people thank you thank you so much honorable minister thank you so much i think that's a mouthful from zimbabwe as
0: well um so i'll move on to you uh the cabinet secretary um mr tobiko um i'm sorry i hope i got that correct um, you know with pronunciation of course we are one home but then at times we get to differ in terms of you know how we pronounce our language we are a very very huge continent anyways uh, with you honorable minister I will take it forward uh, given that you know proceeding from this cop 26 we are going forward to cop 27 and Africa we normally say best lessons learned from Africa when we talk about conservation and climate action because we haven't, been, you know, the highest polluters, we have been more on the receiving end of the impacts. What are the, is Africa ready to for 20, COP27 and are we building momentum for COP27 and what's going to be our position as Africa? Being?
3: Well, th- uh, thank you very much. Uh, just before I speak about um, COP27, why don't we speak about this COP? Because uh, uh, the outcome of this COP very much will depend uh, and will determine the trajectory that we will take going forward to COP 27. And firstly, uh, let me ask my colleagues, um, the team of negotiators, because the youth are not just to be seen to populate delegations. They're not numbers. They're not statistics. They're thinkers, they're intellectuals, they're experts. And I have in my delegation, in the team of negotiators, Seven of them, some of them are here, who are leading in the various negotiation streams. And may I ask them just to stand up so that they can be seen? Some of the Kenyan uh, delegation youth. Now, please be seated. This is not just to say that uh, delegations are not important. And they are here by right. Okay. And I can tell you, In the streams they have been participating, they they bring new ideas. They challenge the old thinking, and that is what we require. That's the first point. The second point is here. Kenya has a population, the youth population of 75 percent below 35, 75 percent. That tells you how massive a powerhouse. This is a group that has the technology this is a group that has the numbers. This is a group that has ideas. They are citizens of the world. They don't care about which tribe you belong in. Not at all. We call them the digital warriors. So you harness them, they, uh, they produce a positive results, right? Now, thirdly, our president, as you know, was in 2018 and 2019 appointed as the UN champion on youth agenda for good reason. Because Kenya has mainstreamed the participation, decision making of youth in development and more so in um, um, environmental and climate change uh, uh, action. Uh, seven of our deputy ministers, as i uh, deputy ministers fall within the bracket of what we call youth in Kenya. Not to mention the numbers of those who head and uh, members of Parastatals. So, in terms of leadership, This is not just about ceremony, formality. It is have the youth at the center. They have the greatest, the largest stake in in, in this. Now, moving to um, uh, COP 27. COP 27 is already settled. Well, we hope, uh, (laughs) because they are still, that it will be in Africa. It will be the African COP uh, to be hosted by Egypt. But we are having serious challenges here in the cop26 the first item on the agenda that was dropped from the agenda and there's still a fight about it is to drop the issue of the special needs and circumstances for africa that's the first agenda that has been dropped and we are asking our colleagues and it's still around now at the ministerial negotiation we're asking them that how do you proceed to to africa and to a cop 20 uh, next year if in this cop you have you have not you have dropped the African special needs agenda now the youth without the youth there is no future I mean we keep on what you saying leaders of tomorrow they are not leaders of tomorrow they are leaders of now and the youth please don't wait for us to hand over the mantle to you take it because we ourselves have messed up there is a saying actually it's true that we do not borrow we have not inherited the world from our forefathers. We have we have borrowed it from our children. We have messed it up. Take it up, run with it. It is your future, not ours.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you so much. I feel so empowered right now. He has just told me to do whatever it takes, and. Um, I hope we're all hearing this to all the ministers across the continent, even globally, because we're having some youth from other pla- parts, you know, of the world that are inactive and having it a hard time to participate. I feel like at times Africa is more engaged, but um, I really acknowledge, you know, such remarks. They empower us as young people, and also young people. Let's not wait for them to, you know, to knock by our doors, but we also go to them. This is a challenge for us, you know, to approach them with. With the much-needed action. So before I hand over to Jabril, you know, to also engage our two young, amazing ladies here in the discussion. I think I have uh, one of because you talked about the issue to do with you know downstreaming the knowledge and also being at the pivot or at the center of engagement. But then that is a process whereby you have to capacitate, you have to educate, so that they know how to be involved in that aspect. Given that climate change is a, you know a giant that has fallen on us, no one was prepared for it. So there is need for engagement. So just you know, back to you, honourable minister. Um, as we also you know try to to have the young people come into the, the discussion as well. What uh, you know extent is the government prioritising in climate education and the plans uh, post you know those COP 26. I've been told not to engage much about post COP 26. But now in terms of engagement, how can we capacitate these young people in terms of climate education? Uh,
1: before even we talk about our government, this COP26 should prioritize the agenda for the young people. In Warsaw, the, uh, I made a remark, even in Marrakech, that if the trend continues where they keep dropping our priorities as uh, the G77 and uh, China, one day we shall organize our own COP in Africa. I don't know whether that is the reason why they are coming to Africa, but uh, we need the agenda of the young people put on top. But of course, in our country, we give priority to this so that the young people who are the, the leaders of now will be able to shape the development pathway of the country. As a result of this, Uganda has really given that position very strongly and over 40% of the population is actually young people. Therefore, as as, as, as Uganda, we really see that after this COP, the resolutions made here should really focus to see that efforts put in place, initiatives put in place by the young people are supported with resources, with technology, with capacity building. I think that will be very important. After all, I've already said, in the law we have integrated climate change uh, education and research and most of these people whether in this in the high school or universities are young people who are doing research that can help a lot to create awareness so that we can be at par to the different audiences thank you
0: thank you so much um yeah you know i think uh, honorable minister you can also add on to that um in terms of you know we talk of it as you know just transition the process whereby we are transforming our way of livelihood. But how best can we get young people capacitated to be, to be you know, active change makers in this climate you know, action uh, discourse that we embark on right now?
2: Uh, thank you so much. The, the reality is that Africa, as we are standing here, um, we are disproportionately affected by this. It's a problem we did not create. It's a problem that we face either way. And um, my colleagues have highlighted the demographics uh, in Africa. Uh, by 2050, will be um, our populations will have almost doubled. When you look at the current youth proportion uh, in most countries, it's 60% and upwards. What does this tell you? If we are talking of transitioning, it means there will be structural changes in how economies are structured. It means there will be changes in uh, in employment. It means that we need to start talking of the jobs of the future. And this affects young people. If young people are not at the front table, who will then discuss on their behalf? That's why it is very important. And I'm happy that from what I'm hearing, um, African governments are already mainstreaming uh, youth initiatives. They are already putting youths at the forefront. They are not just participants. They are right holders, as it were. When when we look at uh, the Zimbabwean situation, for starters, we want to make sure that when we implement our development trajectories um, for our national development strategy, which runs for five years, climate is critical. It is central, it is mainstreamed, and young people are at the center of that. We have universities in all our provinces. We have developed curriculum that universities are now using to make sure that climate change it's part of the education processes. A lot more still needs to be done. Africa needs to, uh, to rise to the occasion. Africa cannot afford to come here and emerge as if um, the, world, uh, the world needs them. The world needs Africa. We should not come here as if we are begging to be on the table. Look at the emissions uh, ratios that are there globally. We are the sinks of the world. They should be coming to us to acknowledge what we are doing right and supporting what we are doing so that we continue to scale up those activities. And these have to cascade to young people. They are the ones who will run with technologies, with innovation, with smart solutions, smart agriculture as it were. So I, I believe that as a country, we have begun that process of making sure that we give young people the platform, we give young people Uh, the room to show their innovation. All our our universities now, they have innovation hubs. In the last 24 months, we have patented more than 72 uh, uh, innovations. And this speaks to the youth dividend. This speaks to the potential of young people if we give them the platform. And I believe that we will not uh, be able to achieve our climate goals unless they are led by young people.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, um, we are running out of time. But yes, uh, Honourable Minister, how can we ride on this climate education initiative to make sure that we get...
3: Climate education, climate learning, environmental for sustainable development, public awareness are absolutely important. You cannot have behavioural change individually, household and collectively unless there is awareness. Kenya has integrated climate change, education and awareness into our school curriculum. Secondly, we have produced uh, special documents, including some of them that we have here. We will put them for those who may, uh, may wish to have copies about them, um, others that you can access uh, digitally. Very, very important to have these instruments, uh, the um, Climate Change Learning National Strategy, the climate, uh, climate Youth Climate Action Strategy education for sustainable development, and so on and so on. So this education is absolutely important. In terms of empowerment, that should be the the last point. Uh, In law, in our constitution, in our law, 30% of uh, the entire public uh, procurement is reserved for women, youth, and those under disability. So the youth have, in terms of uh, uh, participation in public procurement, are are, are, are preserved, their role is preserved. And we have a national national youth enterprise fund that provides um, uh, startup capital uh, as in terms of grants for the youth who are are starting in those. uh, We must empower the youth because they have the skills, they have the passion, they have the knowledge, but they need support. Thank you.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, honorable ministers, for sharing this. This is quite uh, interactive and eye opening. Um, Having you, you know, at our disposal as young people, we feel very proud. Now we have something, you know, to leverage on as we go back home and implement our project. So I'll introduce Jabril so that he can just get our uh, young people also to share with you, you know, so that you see the ambition that is within them and they can share what they are also working on or what their ambitions are.
4: Uh, Thank you so much, Jean Paul. Uh, My name is Jabril Ibrahim and I work for the UN Climate Champions and I'm from Kenya. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> So uh, I'm just going to. I think the beauty of COP26 and uh, convenings like this is that you can run into your minister just in the hallway, and you can <laughs> and you can grab them and you can tell them, "We have youth here. You should come." And we've gotten three countries, and so I, I'm I'm really happy to see we have three countries represented here. We are going to, and I'm just going to also introduce our two youth speakers. Uh, Brenda here is from Malawi and this morning she presented the global youth statement to the head of delegation and Patricia Espinoza, the executive secretary of the UNFCCC. and at the end we have uh, Elizabeth Kulugulu who is one of the executive uh, board members of the Africa Youth Initiative on Climate Change AIC, which we all know about and uh, I also want to just say that youth should hold uh, each uh, each other accountable as well. So I'm also going to ask them questions. And the last thing I want to say is uh, the former AU Youth Envoy used to speak about this concept called intergenerational co leadership. Because of how our demographic in our countries are, it's so skewed, 80% are youth, but more leaders are not technically youth. So, and now that we have a new AU Youth Envoy, we hope we'll be heard more on a continental level. Now, uh, I, I just want to pass now to Elizabeth Gulugulu and ask your, your question. So, uh, Liz, are you ready? <laughs> so, on the road to COP27, what, do you, what, do you think, what role do you think African youth should play and what do you think they should advocate for at COP27? I know we have agenda items for COP26, so if you also want to speak about those, please do. So, the floor is yours.
5: Thank you so much for the platform and thank you to the Ministers who accepted our invitations. So, right, COP (laughs) 27, it's always about climate finance, you know, accessing climate finance as young people, it has always been a problem. Most of the times we have climate finance available, but it's not youth friendly. We face a lot of barriers as young people. If we are talking about meaningful youth engagement, it's not only about having the resources available, but it's about making sure that those resources, the beneficiaries, they do not face any stumbling block in accessing them. So these are, are, these are, this is what we're expecting when we are um, on the road to COP27. Right now, most countries, they've submitted their nationally determined contributions. We are now looking at implementing them how are we going to implement the nationally determined contributions if from the beginning we are facing challenges in accessing climate finance so we should start advocating for this i mean um the protests that young people are doing they are not bad let's start let's channel that energy that young people have in the right direction okay from protest to proposals it only makes sense because we'll protest i i don't know the protests have been happening for the past 20 years We cannot keep on protesting now. I mean, we now need to challenge in the right direction. Let's come up with the bankable proposals and to the ministries, you need to be accountable. Make sure that us as young people, when we come, your doors are always open. I'm not supposed to be afraid to reach to your office. I'm not supposed to be afraid to pass my concerns to your office because I feel like you are the bigger person. I'm the older person. But together, if we are combined, we can come up with greater things. So, your doors should always be open to us. If we knock, please, we are not even supposed to knock. Remove the doors, okay? (laughs) Remove the doors. We are not even supposed to knock, okay? So, this is our expectations. People are, I mean, people, they would just say, okay, COP27 is happening in Africa and we're going to expect a lot of challenges because these are Africans. Let's prove them wrong because we have the numbers as young people. The the huge population of Africa, they are young people. We have the energy. We are innovative. So let's take advantage of that. Thank you. Thank
4: you so much. Could we have a round of applause, please? (laughs) Yeah. Before we go on to Brenda, I just want to say that Elizabeth Kulugulu is running to be the global south focal point of Yango. And Yango is the official youth body under UNFCCC. So I hope if you are under the age of 35, because those are just the legal terms there, I will let you know, and you can vote for her, and she'll represent us at COP27. From protests to proposals. <laughs> so, Brenda, I, I also have to just also ask you a question, and uh, I know you presented the Global Youth Statement to that Patricia Espinosa and a lot of other leaders. So, what are some of the challenges you face as a cha- as a change maker when trying to engage with African policymakers back in your home country? And because uh, I feel like African youth often complain that it's easier to access foreign ambassadors in their own countries than their own ministers and executives and stuff like that. So I just w- really keen to
6: hear about your reflections on that. Uh,
4: you can use you can use mine. My...
6: Um, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. Um, so for me, I feel like there's so much that needs to be done. Um, first of all, we need to build relationships that. Uh, Beyond COP relationships. We, we don't want our leaders to be approachable when they are like we meet them at COP. We also want them like when we're back home, we should be able to go to them, approach them. Because it's very easy to approach um, like an international ambassador than to meet our own uh, leaders, which is something that, you know, if anything, like every time we want to talk to our leaders, they should be open. They shouldn't see us as threats because we are not threats we're fighting the same battle, you know? Um, Everyone is being like affected with uh, climate change in one way or the other. And then we as youth, we are coming up with so many innovations that are there just so that we can be able, like we should also be in the forefront in um, uh, like tackling climate action, you know? So there are so many um, visions that different countries are coming up with. For example, like Malawi right now has launched Agenda 2063. And for that to happen, I mean, for that to happen, needs the young people, the children, to be in, in the forefront so that we can be able to make that vision sustainable. If we have to uh, have generational success, then it has to start with uh, involving children and young people also to own the vision so that they can be able to keep that al- uh, vision alive. So we don't want um tokenistic approach. We want meaningful um, youth uh, engagement. We don't want cherry picking of um, youth representatives. We want diverse engagement, you know? Everybody has to be uh, there. We want to learn from you. How do we keep, like, how do we keep that, I, um, vision alive how do we make sure that the agendas that are being implemented the commitments that you're, you're making they should be able to be fulfilled so we're not there like we're not enemies we are fighting the same battle we're facing the same challenges and we want to keep that dream alive so if anything would really want like some of the problems is the fact that our leaders are not approachable as Elizabeth has already said remove the doors we're not there to fight to fight with anybody. If anything, we want to learn from you. We want to be there like, we are there. We're not going anywhere. Africa is our continent and we want to create the um, better Africa just like the way you want it to be. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much, Brenda, for all that you do and all that you say. Um, before I pass back to John Paul, I just want to say what Reiterate to one point that Liz said about youth being involved in the implementation of all these submissions we are doing to the UNFCCC, with NDCs, the National Adaptation Plan, the long-term strategies, because I don't know if you guys had, but uh, the states recently established something called the Climate core, which just means that you can use, you can put youth to work to address the externalities of climate change. They are there. You, and Kenya recently did uh, something of that sort where our National Youth Council were trained to go address the locust invasion in some of our regions. So if that can be scaled across the continent, I just feel like that will be a good way to engage youth going forward. Thank you so much and I'll pass back to my co-moderator, John.
0: Thank you so much. Um, amazing work, amazing panel, amazing engagement. Thank you guys all. Um, Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but this is the beginning of, uh, you know, a new pathway for us as Africa, as a continent. We have plenty of these conversations. We have seen that it's something that can be done. And uh, we are very grateful for the time that our ministers have made for us. We really appreciate our panels, the youth, the engagement. Let's continue with it. I have seen we have prepared the youth position paper. We are working on declarations. Let's give them to them. They will listen to us as they have declared here in front of everyone. So I'd like to thank you, everyone, for taking your time, for coming. The youth here, let's remain united. The leaders, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
6: Everyone, if you could just...